Guys, I recently started using Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish and explore some new languages. Believe it or not, growing up, my grandpa spoke fluent Mandarin, and I was always very jealous of him when he would surprise people by busting it out at a restaurant. It was very unexpected to see this man speak fluent Mandarin. Learning another language is an amazing skill, and Rosetta Stone makes it easy to do it. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted expert for 30 years, with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's also a great value. I personally got the Lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, so I'm pretty much set. I recommend doing the same. And also, this is a really, really great gift if you want to give something truly special and unique to somebody you care about a lot. No matter what, don't put off learning that language any longer. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, other world listeners get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com otherworld. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Welcome to Other World. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This week, I have a very special episode a dedication to my home state and hometown, Chicago, Illinois, and all of the cities that surround it. Chicago is a very unique place. It's very different from where I live now in Los Angeles. In California, it's not uncommon at all to meet somebody at a party that starts talking to you about aliens or a ghost or the psychic that they see or the crystals they just bought. In fact, I think most people have some kind of story or connection to the type of thing that we cover on this show. In Chicago, that type of conversation does not get you very far at a dinner party. Um, people in Chicago want to live a pretty simple, straightforward life. It takes a lot to rattle the people of Chicago. They want to go to work. They want to come home. They want to watch the Bears game. They want to have a big fridge in their basement filled with Costco water bottles and beers. They want to have their friends over, have a good time, and go back to work. They don't really think about ghosts too much. They're not thinking about aliens. And when they do see something out of the ordinary, they tend to bottle it up pretty quickly from what I've found. And I'd say it's almost impressive how little these things affect their lives when something does happen to them. I've had a lot of stories come to me from Chicago, but they are always told in a very specific way that I've grown to love. And that's not to say that Chicago does not have things happening. In fact, I'd say that Chicago is a remarkably haunted city. I mean, this is a place that completely burned to the ground in 1871. This is the home of Al Capone, H.H. Holmes, John Wayne Gacy, Bachelors Grove, and Resurrection Mary. In fact, my great aunt, saw John Dillinger get shot dead in 1931 outside the Biograph Theater. And she said that people were dipping popcorn in his blood for souvenirs. But despite all this, Chicagoans have a way of being extremely nonchalant 
and unaffected by all these things. They're the type of people that wouldn't even look up from the Bears game if an angel manifested before their eyes. In fact, if it got in the way of the TV, I'd say they'd probably yell at it. And when people do come out of the woodwork with these stories, it always affects me quite a bit more because these are people who are not out there looking for this stuff. They're not trying to convince themselves of anything. These are people who do not want this disturbing their day-to-day lives. So, today on Another World, I have three stories from Illinois, specifically the Chicagoland area, and I think you're really going to enjoy them. And hopefully, after this episode comes out, I'll get even more stories submitted from the Chicagoland area, because I know stuff's happening to you people, and I know you're bottling it up. So, let's get this episode started. This is episode 14. I'm your host, Jack Wagner, and you're listening to Otherworld. Hello? Bobby? Yes, it is. We're still, you still rolling? Yeah, let us, let us know when you're Our first story comes from a guy named Ryan. He grew up in a town called Beverly on the south-south side of Chicago, very far south. This is a place that is home to a lot of firefighters and police officers. It's extremely Irish and not a place where something like this tends to happen. Ryan has a very interesting UFO story for us. This is the first one to appear on Otherworld, and it's definitely not going to be the last I'm hoping to get a lot more. Half of the reason I put out these stories is in hopes of getting more submitted. So if you've seen something, send it in. But I'm going to let Ryan tell the story himself. I think you're all going to like it. So uh, my name is Ryan. Um, I'm from Chicago. Um, I am 37 years old. Um, and I'm currently, I I do accounting work. So this story is from, it's gotta be 2002 or 2001. Um, I was 17 or 16 at the time. Um, so it was like very early 2000s. Um, and it's on the south side of Chicago. Well, technically at this point I was in the suburbs, but I was, um, My parents had split up and I was driving home from my dad's house who lived in Beverly. For folks who don't know, that's like cops, firefighters, white, Irish. It's mostly filled with city workers because they gotta be in the borders of Chicago. Like they'd ask you not like what school you went to, what parish are you from? Like when you meet people, they're like, oh, where are you from St. Sabinus or, you know, Whatever. They don't care what school you went to. They want to know what parish you're from. You're deep in civilization. You know? Like, you're not... You don't go 20 minutes and then there's just a wide open sky and you can see everything. It's, you know, there's humanity and light pollution and there's just, like, not a lot of empty sky. You you can't really see the stars out there. 
You know, you can see a couple on a clear night if you go away from the streetlights, but that's about it. Um, so I was uh, driving home. Uh, my parents had just got divorced. Uh, my old man had moved out to the burbs and I was driving home. Uh, so like I said, it was like 2002. Um, I remember I was in, like I had a string of really shitty cars, uh, but the last really shitty car was uh, 1988 Regency Broham Oldsmobile. It was about 10, 10.30. Um, and it's, it's funny, I remember exactly. I was, they, they, my parents had just divorced and I was visiting him. And I was getting into punk rock music and all punk rock people love their records. And my dad had a bunch of records and I had just gotten a bunch of records, terrible records. I never listened to them, but I just picked them up from his house and I was driving home to my mom's. And the car was in the backseat, was just full of records. And we lived at the top of the hill and me and another car came to the stop sign at the foot of the hill. And like, as I'm starting to stop and waiting this car to go through you know normally i would just tap the brake and roll right through um but since there was another car there i had to fully stop um and i i keep on thinking back that it was something in my eye like there was something on the periphery like the top of my eyesight but like i don't even know if i saw anything at the top of my eyesight i just think oh there's a plane up there because that's pretty much what you'd see um, around the area. Like we live near Midway, which is the smaller Chicago airport. So most of the things you'd see flying overhead were planes uh, and maybe a couple stars. But like right on the edge of my periphery, I thought it was a plane, I thought it whatever, but I didn't look up. Um, but then like, you know, I was at the stop sign and I just, something, there was a sense. So I just look up and I looked up and it was not, an airplane. Um, it was three lights in that formed like an equilateral triangle. So it was just like dink, 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 just like forming a triangle and it just drifted. It, it was barely moving when I looked up and then it just like froze. And, and obviously so did I. Um, I, it, it was three lights moving in unison, stopping on a dime, just forming a triangle right above my head. I had to be five, 600 feet away up in the air. Um, and I couldn't see anything. I just saw the three lights. Like I didn't see like the outline of anything. It was just like those three lights frozen right there. And me also frozen right there and just stopped and just looking up at it. And like, I wasn't scared. I was just like, awe, in like awe and shock and like, oh, this, this is here. And I sat there for, I don't know how long. I didn't move, the lights didn't move. And then the lights began to rotate and a center point. So it stayed and it kept the, the triangular shape, but the light started to rotate and stay in that triangle. And it was like there was a center point and they were all just sort of very slowly rotating around. Um, and so it rotated a little bit and then 
boom, it shot like two, 300 feet in the other direction, just like change position in the sky. Just like, whoop, shot right across. It wasn't like there was a, a slow speed up. It was just, you blink and it moved. Like, it wasn't like, uh, moving. It was like, whoop, and then stopped right there. Um, and now it's still rotating. I'm mean, just in awe. And after it shot back to the original position, just back and forth, the rotation sped up a little bit. Like the points were, this whole time, once it started moving, the points, the ro- there was still a rotation happening. But now the rotation really started to speed up. It wasn't like going very, very fast, but it was faster than before. And then I think I got a little scared. Like, what is it going to do? Like, I, I think maybe I was starting to think of, oh, here's my abduction. You know, I'm going to come to five hours later with this lost time. Before I could finish that thought, it just shot to the south and it was gone. Like, it, it didn't even, like, disappear over the horizon. It was just, like, speeding up rotating and then just, boom, gone. And, like, there was no, like, there's no contrails. There's no exhaust. There was, like, nothing there to tell you that it was there except that me seeing it. No, nothing. And it was just gone. And, like, I think I just sat there in shock for, like, 30 seconds. And turned up the hill to home, parked, pulled my car in the garage. I don't park in the garage. I'm not allowed to, but I pulled in the garage because I was... Then I was starting to get a little scared. I was like, oh, God. And I pulled in the garage, and I picked up our house phone, and I called my grandma to tell her what I saw. Um, and, like, also, my brother's a pilot at this time. Uh, he got his pilot's license very young. So, like, I knew, and I still know, like, a little bit about how flight happens, and, like, there's absolutely nothing that I know of now and knew of then and know of now that could do what that thing did. I found out much later in life that the government lies to you pretty much about everything. Um, so either there are aliens here or like, you know, we have crazy technology. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking it sort of confirmed my suspicion that like there's at least something out there. Like there's something not, not, not of our own technological understanding, which is something crazy, or it's like something like not from this world out there. It's funny because my girlfriend is like 100% believes in spirits and ghosts and I'm just always like, ah, bullshit. I and, but then it's funny, this, this, during, during uh, COVID, we went and stayed in Airbnb and I definitely saw and heard a ghost. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of changed now. But uh, I, I guess it just sort of uh, made me sort of double down on my belief that there's definitely aliens somewhere hanging out probably around here. Maybe they're not abducting people, uh, but there's definitely something otherworldly here. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for telling that story. I've been to Beverly many times on St. Patrick's Day for the Southside Irish Parade, and I've seen a lot of very strange things. I've witnessed a lot of very strange things happen there, but never a UFO. So thanks so much for that story. You know, he teased that ghost story at the end, It really doesn't have anything to do with the UFO, but obviously I had to ask him about it. So here it is. It's actually 
pretty wild. Uh, so it was the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, we were like, like when actually people were locking down, locking down. Uh, but we got an Airbnb out uh, in Michigan for like four or five days. She can work remotely. I got really good vacation days. So we get to use them. We get to go there and do some shit. And I don't know if you've ever been to Michigan, but like, you know, outside of the big cities, it's like, you know, downstate Illinois. It's like nothing. It's it's farmland. Um, we went in the wintertime. Um, I remember because it was tons of snow had come down. Um, and we we got there. It was like this old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. We just had the first floor. It's really great, really nice. Um, just snowing a ton. So we're there for four or five days. The first night there, she always falls asleep first, and I'm always up until like one or two o'clock at night. Um, and then three M rolls around, and like I just hear like the creaking noises of someone above you. Like you know, it's a two story thing. I just hear someone going like like resettling themselves or like getting up and walking across the floor. I'm like, oh, it's the person who lives upstairs. It's a two-story house. Someone just getting up and taking a piss, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't think anything of it. Woke up, everything's fine. Da, 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 did the whole day. Next night, three o'clock, same time. I hear it again. I'm like, man, it snowed some more that night. And I went out to shovel the, the walkway and there was like no car. And, like, the entire house was surrounded in snow. Like, no one had parked, walked in through the other door. Like, there were no footsteps. There was no, like, no, there was no sign of other humanity. And I thought, whatever, fuck it. It's The guy came, whatever. I'm, I don't believe in ghosts, you know? Um... Third night, again, happened again. Just like the, I'm like, this guy just has like a routine. I have a routine. That makes sense. Just, I was just hearing like, and then just like the creaking. I can't do it because it's the floorboards, but I have wood floorboards here at my house. You just hear it when someone's above you, like, just like, it wasn't scary. It was just like, you know, sounds of another person. And, we pack up and we're leaving and we're driving home and I'm like, did you know who else was staying up there? And she's like, Alana's like, oh no, they, they said that play, that part's under construction. No one's up there. I'm like, oh, someone must have been doing work then or something. The work was staying there. I'm like, just ask the Airbnb people. She's like, you heard a ghost. I'm like, no, I didn't. There's no fucking ghost. So she messaged them and they're like, oh, yeah, that's her uncle. He's been dead for like 20 years. He lived on that property his entire life. He, like, literally left that town once. I think it was, like, to go register for selective service. And, like, he died, like, 20 years ago. And, like, that upstairs is blocked off. No one even lives there. It's, like, under construction, not livable. And they're like, oh, yeah, people have seen him walking down the road before. All right, thank you, Ryan, for both of those stories. Our first UFO story on Otherworld is definitely not going to be the last. So, once again, if you've seen something, send it in. Stories at otherworldpod.com. Same goes for this next one. This next story is about something very weird that happened in Chicago. Um, I mean, I guess all of this is weird, but this is particularly weird. And I don't think there's much credible research and storytelling on it that I've seen. A few years ago, 
in Chicago, there was a huge uptick in sightings of something called the Mothman. This is a very famous entity, super mysterious entity from West Virginia, specifically Point Pleasant. And it's kind of this dark flying creature, almost like a like a humanoid winged creature that has been spotted before tragedies, um, many, many, many things. It would take a slew of episodes to even scratch the surface on this, and I'm hoping to do so one day. But all of a sudden, people were starting to see this in Chicago, which is strange. This is very far from West Virginia, but a lot of people were seeing the Mothman. And like I said, in Chicago, this is not, people aren't walking around hoping to see stuff like this. It's very unusual, and the people who were seeing it were truck drivers, you know, blue-collar workers, things like that. Guys that, I don't know how to explain it. They're just not trying to see a flying humanoid. This is not something they're hoping to see. So if they do see it, it must be something that left a very strong impression on them. So this story is a small one, and it's not even going to scratch the surface of this topic. But I really focus on firsthand experiences on this podcast, and I'm always hoping to put something out and shake loose more firsthand experiences. So hopefully that'll happen. But this story comes to me from one of the listeners who said his brother came home one night after seeing this thing. And what stuck out to me is that he said his brother is not the type of guy at all to want to see this stuff. He didn't even know what it was. And it's pretty much something that he immediately wanted to never talk about again. And it was very hard to get the brother on the phone, but I did manage to do it for a few minutes to get his version of the story. I find this whole thing very creepy, and I really, really hope to one day learn more about not only the Chicago sightings, but the Mothman in general and all of the lore surrounding it. So I hope you enjoy. My name's Dex. Uh, I'm from Chicago, uh, originally from Streamwood, which is a suburb of Chicago. Um, yeah, my brother had a situ- uh, he had an experience where he saw what I think is a Mothman. Um, so I was living at home, and my brother was, you know, living with us. And he came home one night, and he was just really shook up by what had just happened. And uh, he drove his girlfriend home. It was about two in the morning. And they drove down, couldn't have been more than a mile of road that we've driven down a million times. And uh, they stopped in the middle of the road because they saw like a seven foot tall man just standing there. And both him and his girlfriend saw it. So, you know, they knew it wasn't, you know, he wasn't just seeing things. And they stopped and the thing just kind of sprouted wings and shot straight up into the sky. He he just had a look, you know, like he was he he didn't he didn't want to talk about what he saw, and the next day he kind of went into more detail about it. But yeah, he, he was they were driving, his headlights went on something just standing in the middle of the road, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" At first he thought it was a person just standing there, but then he noticed the height of it, and that the skin was black, and they just sat there and looked at it. It just shot up into the sky. He said it didn't flap or anything. It just just kind of rocketed up. You and your brother ever talk about it again, like later? Yeah, we kind of, I mean, 
when we talked about it, it was more like researching, you know, what had happened and if any, if anyone had seen anything like that in the area. And, uh, yeah, that's when we came upon like, you know, Native Americans talking about Thunderbirds. And then I came around and saw, you know, Mothman lore. There was a big flap in sightings. And I think there were about five sightings that were documented. Most of them were along the lake. One of them was downtown. Another one, I think, was along 55. A trucker saw it. What's your brother like? How do you describe him? He's just like, he's very normal. Like at that time, he was, he's, he's very quiet, soft-spoken. He doesn't like to go into detail about anything. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't talk much. All right, like I said, it was very hard to get his brother on the phone, but I did manage to do it. Honestly, I did not think I was going to be able to, um, but he called me out of nowhere and I quickly started plugging stuff in. I re- started to record a little bit late, so you're going to hear this kind of kick in mid-conversation, but I managed to get the brother on the phone for a few minutes. This is not something he likes talking about. It's probably only the second time he's ever talked about it. So here's my call with Dex's brother. I didn't even know about this thing. Like I, I haven't, I knew nothing about this thing before I even saw it. And even when I saw it, I was like, just so shocked. I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Can you, um, uh, yeah, I was, um, should I, are you recording right now? Yeah, or? I guess I'm recording. Okay. If you're ready. Just yeah. you, you want to give me an intro. I, if, I don't know if you want to use your name or if you want to keep it anonymous, but. I don't care. Okay, go ahead and then just start it out with like, hi, my name's, you know. Hi, my name's Austin. I'm from Streamwood, Illinois. And I I experienced the Mothman, I guess, in Streamwood or Elgin, right around there. I was coming home one day, one night. It was probably around one in the morning. I was just dropping my girlfriend off. And we live right along the Forest Preserve, along uh, Schomburg Road. And so this was in between, if you're familiar with the area, in between Irving, or I'm sorry, in between 59 and Irving. And uh, just driving down, and I see this creature just walking alongside the Forest Preserve. And it was about as tall as, uh, like a, a street sign that says there's a turn coming up, maybe a little bit shorter than the top of it, probably about the middle. And as I got closer, when my headlights hit it, as it got brighter, it just took, it just like jumped in the air and flew vertical. And the wingspan was huge. It was just like a human flying. It was just, and, I didn't even say anything when I saw it. I just was silent for about five seconds and I just went to my girlfriend and I was like, did you just fucking see that? And she's like, yeah, I have no idea what that was. So I, I know I wasn't crazy or hallucinating anything. It was just, uh, I didn't even, I didn't even really tell anybody about it for the longest time, except my friend, I called him as soon as I got home, just freaking out. Like at what I saw, I just needed to tell somebody, so I called my buddy Andrew. But yeah, after that, I didn't tell anybody for months because I thought people would think I was crazy. 
What did it What did it look like? I couldn't see because it was just like, oh, you know, all I saw was dark. Just uh, <clears throat> I couldn't see the details of it, but it was like the most I could compare it to is the Jeepers Creepers thing, which is ridiculous. I know, but that's like the closest thing I could compare it to. I'm looking up the Jeepers Creepers thing right now. <clears throat> it had would you? It had wings, a huge wingspan. You said. Yeah, it was. It's just like that thing with human legs and how it f- flew was just vertical. It wasn't like a bird, like the just as, as if a human was flapping his arms, but just with wings. What did your What did your girlfriend see? She saw basically the same thing. Yeah, the same thing. That's insane. So, what you you just never told anybody, really? No, <laughs> until I told my brother, and then he told the whole world, <laughs> including me. Yep. <laughs> and you said you didn't know about it before. No, I had no clue. I, I wasn't like research, like a Mothman. I, that's just what I think it's called. I don't know. <clears throat> but after I found out that it's called this, then I started looking at, uh, you know, movies about it and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I never knew about the thing at all before. You weren't going around like wanting to see something, you know? You just, it just happened to you. No, not at all. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I just, I wish I had a dash cam or something that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now I feel like maybe some of it is fake because it's out in the world, but I'm maybe not. But just some of the areas in Chicago where people saw them, it's like, how, why would that thing be there? But yeah, I was just in a, it's a huge forest preserve in that area. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're making it up, but like, you saw it take off, right? Yeah, it was walking like a human and then just took off. It was nuts. It was gone so fast. Huh. How, how do you think it, did it affect you? Um, you know, are you different now? No, not at all. I just, I actually, every time I drive down that road, I'm looking in the trees and stuff now to see if I see anything. Huh. But no, yeah, it just freaked me out. But no, I'm not any, not in that type of way where it's, uh, makes me a different person. Have you ever talked to anybody else that's seen one? No. Oh, I guess you Never. haven't really even told anybody. Right, that's yeah. true. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll get, maybe somebody will find me now to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for telling me because I know you haven't told many people. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Um, all right, man, drive safe. All right, you have a good one. You too. So, I mean, they, I like to talk about it, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me that the, the whole, you know, cryptid, all, you know, the, it's, it's like folklore to me. I, I just like the stories. So I would talk about it. And then my friends were like, dude, we saw something like that in Streamwood around the same time that Austin saw that. And it happened, um, to them when they were going from my friend's house to a Seven Eleven, and to get there, you had to walk across. It was like a community center. There was a church and there was also like um, youth baseball fields with like creeks and trees in between. But as they were walking past the community center, they saw something fly out of a tree and they, no- they noticed the size of it. Like, you know, we don't live in the city at this point And we, you know, we've seen birds, we've seen hawks and owls and all that. But the size of this, you know, freaked them out. And just like Austin said, they said it just shot up right into the sky. <clears throat> 
so it freaked them out and they started to run. They're running down the street and they were passing the church that's over there. They have like, you know, the pastor's house is on the property. And next to that, they have some, like a little tree with a, like a, a small Creek that runs through, but it's, you know, a little densely wooded area. And they heard something rustling. So they looked over and then same thing. They just saw the thing shoot straight up into the sky again. And that was the last they saw of it, but they, they took off running. That's insane. I know. My, my, my friend said he still thinks about it a lot. He's, he's, he said he's haunted by it. Like he, he thought he was seeing something at first. Do you think of any more details he gave? No. I don't know if he saw it from the front, but yeah, he said, I mean, black skin. He said it just looked like a really tall man. Your brother described it as like the Jeepers Creepers thing. Yeah. And you know what's weird is that it makes me think that like a lot of the people who saw Mothman in Chicago said it was more of like a, like a rounded shape, you know, more of like a moth shape like, or like a butterfly shape. But when he, what he saw, he said it looked like a man with wings coming out the back. Why, why do you think he said Jeepers Creepers guy? That's his frame of reference. You know, he, he's seen Jeepers Creepers. So that's, you know, all he has to relate it to. Yeah. Because that's like yeah. really specific looking. Yeah, I know. And that's what I kind of picture when I see it, you know, when I see it in my head. When there was the sightings in Chicago, me and my, my now wife, we would go and sit at Lake Michigan and like, oh, we're going to see the Mothman. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was just always interested in seeing it. But, you know, when you're interested in seeing it, you're not going to. What do you think it might be? Like, do you have any theories? I mean, I, I think that people see things. I you know, obviously he saw something, but I don't think it's the same thing that, you know, seen him point pleasant in the sixties or seventies or I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you, we call it Mothman, but it might be something else. Who knows what it is. All right. Thank you so much to Dex and his brother for telling us those stories, especially thanks to the brother. I know he did not want to talk about that, which made it even spookier to me. So I don't know what to make of the Chicago Mothman stuff. It's very weird. There's a lot of stuff out there that is not very legitimate. Uh, I've seen some goofy stuff that is probably fake, but I could tell how shaken up the brother was, and I do not think this is a person who would make stuff up. This is not a guy who even wants to talk about that. So, very strange. I really hope that one day I could do episodes that fully tackle the complete Mothman topic. Uh, Chicago and West Virginia because it's something that's always been very interesting to me, but it's going to take some time and it's going to take more stories submitted to Otherworld because on this podcast, I focus on firsthand experiences only, generally speaking. So if you've seen something, send it in. But in the meantime, you're going to have to wait. This next story is probably one of my favorites of all time. As some of you know, I've been doing this for longer than Otherworld. I've always been interested in the paranormal a bit. And this is a person that I've known for a few years now. It's a person who has a ghost story that is very intertwined with their life in ways that I think you'll understand after listening to it. This is also a person that I've stayed in contact with over the years. And perhaps we'll be getting updates from in the future. Her name is Jessie. She is also from Chicago, and I think you're all going to really like her story. Okay, we have to take a quick break. 
but we will be right back. I've said before that I do not get scared while making this show, but what does scare me is having to log into my bank account or pay attention to my personal finances in any way. I know that's bad, and I know that it does not make sense, but legitimately, what has recently helped me is using Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that takes all of your accounts, organizes it into one place, and helps you get everything under control. I feel a lot better using it, and I'm no longer stressed. Also, Rocket Money finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I'm not kidding when I say that I recently discovered that me and my graphic designer, Colin, were getting charged $150 a month by a design service we didn't even realize we were paying for. I wish that was a joke. Sadly, it's true. We canceled it and are no longer paying for this. Thanks to Rocket Money. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. rocketmoney.com slash otherworld. It's after bedtime, the kids are asleep, and the moms are out to play. We're Dina and Kristen, the duo behind the Instagram account, Big Little Feelings. I'm Dina, I'm a child therapist and mom of two who nerds out on all things neurobiology and psychology, and Kristen is a parent coach who wrangles three kids on a daily basis, here to give it to us like it is. We weren't meant to do this parenting thing alone. Consider After Bedtime your village. Follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll let Jesse take it from here. Um, hi, my name is Jesse, and I live in Illinois. Um, and I'm a little, <laughs> a little nervous about telling this story, uh, just because sometimes when I do tell the story about my situation and uh, my experiences, I do sometimes start having things happen again. So bear with me. All of this uh, started, it was spring of 98. So I was, I was pretty young. I was just about to go into sixth grade and my parents had moved from um, the town that I really grew up in and they were moving me to this brand new house, which was honestly just a town over. At that time, a town over seems like, you know, a whole state over. So I was having a hard time um, just with the idea of moving in the, you know, in the first place. But we hadn't fully moved in. It was kind of like we were going back and forth from uh, the townhouse we were in to the new place. And I had friends that wanted to see the house. So I actually brought one of my girlfriends to the house to see it. And we were down in the basement and we're I remember sitting on the floor and we were by ourselves. My dad had actually ran out real quick to go to the store and we're just talking downstairs and all of a sudden I hear the door open and hear the door close and hear footsteps up the stairs. So I just assume it's my dad. He's coming home. So of course I'm like, hi dad, how are you? And no answer. And I'm like, dad, hello? No answer. So we go in to investigate, which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. Um, But, you know, here we are. We we go upstairs. We're looking around and nobody is there. Not a single person. The door hadn't slammed shut or anything from the wind because the door had been closed before. So it couldn't have been something like that. So it's just very, very odd. Um, 
And so my dad finally came home and I told him the story. And surprisingly enough, he actually did tell me, he's like, you know, that's really strange because that actually happened to me a few days ago. And we just kind of like dropped it after that. It was just kind of like a, hmm, that's weird type of situation. But what really, when it really, really started happening and became very real for me was the first week that we were fully moved into the house. And we you know, I was sleeping in my room and this was the first night that I had been in there. And I, because it was around March, it was still very cold at night. So I ended up waking up in the middle of the night and really, really cold. And all of a sudden I looked down and my sheets were tucked into the bed, almost like somebody had made my bed with me in it. Pretend like you're laying in bed and you've got your sheets over you. And then you take your sheets and you neatly fold them towards the end of your bed and then tuck them in. So it's like somebody just took them and folded it towards the end of the bed and then tucked it. But of course, at the time, I'm half asleep. I'm tired. So I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to put my sheets back on and go back to bed. So did that and woke up the next day. I asked my mom, I was like, did you do this to me? She's like, no, I, I didn't do that. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, that's weird because I literally woke up and it was like somebody had made my bed. Second night happened and same thing happened. So I'm assuming maybe this is something I'm doing in my sleep. I don't know. Uh, then the third night came about and I woke up again and my sheets were then also tucked, you know, folded, tucked into my bed again. So that's when I really started getting nervous, getting scared, um, you know, called for my parents. They had no idea what was going on. They couldn't explain it to me because obviously they weren't the ones that were doing it. So that happened for a full week straight And a part of me was really nervous about it, just thinking like, okay, who's doing this to me or um, what's doing this to me? But I didn't quite think yet like, oh, it's a ghost, you know, because I had never experienced something like that. My parents actually got a little bit of information from the neighbors because they obviously were, you know, just a little bit like what's actually going on in this house uh, because of the, you know, experience that my dad had and then this whole sheets, you know, fiasco. And um, they found out that the previous owners actually had only lived there for a very short period of time. uh, And they had a daughter. She was around 15 at the time. And she actually was really upset with her parents because they had her move away from her boyfriend. And so she actually ran away from the house and ended up getting together with this boyfriend. And while they were um, driving, they actually got in a car accident and died. So we found out, okay, well, the previous owners, their daughter passed away. Um, also found out that her room was, unfortunately enough, the room that I was in. And uh, it was a really weird departure that they had. It was kind of like they were running away from something. They actually 
were very quick to sell. They left a bunch of furniture with my parents, and it was just kind of like, okay, take the house and go. So that was just a little strange, you know, just the way that they left. Um, So once they found that out, um, I was actually laying in bed, and I remember being, I was fully awake. I was watching TV and my lights were on. As I was laying there, she or something yelled fuck in my ear so loud that it was, I mean, incredibly startling. And when she said fuck, it was almost like she was yelling like fuck, like, like she was scared. Like it was like almost like just angry. Like she was angry, but scared. Like it was just like, just this like, fuck, like, fuck, you know, like what, like almost like for what I can think of now is maybe, you know, what happened? What happened to me? Why is this happening? You know, like almost like that. And I I just remember laying there or just sitting there and being like, what the hell was that? Like, and being frozen and just being completely terrified. It was really messed up. And it was always in my room that things would really happen. Um, my cats were always so freaked out in that room. They would just stare at things. Their backs would get puffed up. It was really messed up. And um, so that happened. And, you know, with the cats, like, that was very, very interesting. There was a moment that um, I, you know, when I actually saw her, and that was the first time that I actually saw her, and... I had woken up, which was actually very, uh, it was a reoccurring thing. I would wake up all the time in the middle of the night and just feel that something was in the room with me. And it was just like where, I mean, kind of like how they explain it a lot of times where, you know, the hairs on your arms will stand up and you just have this like unsettling feeling. And that's what I would feel Anytime I would wake up and I would just like, no, okay, something's in here with me. And I was facing my wall because my bed was up against the wall. And I had this desk in the corner of my room. And I remember turning around and immediately seeing this person in the corner of my room. And it was clearly a girl She had long, dark hair, but she wasn't staring at me. She was actually staring at the computer that I had on that desk. Just almost like she was dazed just looking at this. And so I had this little light above my bed, turned it on, looked, and it wasn't there. I remember coming home once from school and walking up the stairs and actually looking to my right. My bedroom was all the way at the end of the hallway and just seeing her in there and immediately turning around and running out of my house because I was just like, nope, not doing this. My parents weren't there. My brother, like nobody was home. I wasn't going to mess with that. So I literally just ran out and ended up actually going down to my best friend's house who thankfully was right down the street from where I lived. Only one thing happened to my brother. He was actually standing in the kitchen at the sink and he felt somebody take their finger and really just gently rub the spine of his back. And he heard a girl laughing, and or she said, hey, and then laughing in his ear. So that was kind of crazy. And my brother, if you ever knew my brother, he is one of those people that does not really believe in any of this stuff. Like, 
I think that was also a hard thing is he's very skeptical about stuff like this. So growing up and constantly having to have people kind of be like, what you're experiencing isn't real was really frustrating for me because obviously it was very real for me. Um, And, but he had that happen to him. And I remember them telling me about it and being like, oh my God, finally something's happening to somebody else. Cause you know, it was, and I had moved out at that time. So I thought that my experiences were over and maybe she was going to move on to somebody else in the house. Um, but I was sadly mistaken. Um, this was almost an everyday thing for me living in that house. I was constantly scared to fall asleep in that house. I never really fell asleep with my lights off. I would always have them on or I would have the TV on. Um, but it, it was it was to the point where it I was scared to be there, you know, and I was scared to go to sleep at night. It was very, very real the entire time. There wasn't ever a moment where I was actually fully comfortable sleeping in that room or being there by myself. It was, and I honestly, you know, I hate to say this, but I do think the reasons why um, I maybe did a few things in high school, you know, like going out to parties and drinking during high school and kind of like, it almost kind of took away the reality of it for me. Um, not that I had a drinking problem in high school, but, you know, I was I was one of those people in high school that just... I went out and I had fun and I drank and but I I do think that it did kind of numb some of that of what I was experiencing and I was able to kind of block it out a little bit mentally by doing that um but it was hard I mean it you know to this day I have I have a hard time talking about it because it it really really affected me and it was a hard situation to go through um my whole teenage years, you know. I moved out when I was 20 and I had moved to Naperville with a girlfriend and we were just so excited, you know, we're we're moved out and we're, you know, we're going to like have so much fun. And to be honest, we did. And so for honestly about 2 years nothing was really happening and I thought that I had gotten away from it. I thought that I was finally not going to have these situations happen. I was finally comfortable sleeping again. I always had, you know, my roommate there or friends over. So I never really had a moment alone. And I think that is what also kind of kept me from really experiencing anything for those two years. Uh, But unfortunately, 22 came and things started then happening again. We came home and we we're trying to unlock the door and we couldn't get the door unlocked. It was almost like it just, the key wasn't like working. Like it was fitting in, but it wasn't turning. And we heard my roommate Dana on the other side say, it's locked. And we we're like, yeah, we know, open the door. And the door opened, like the, the lock unlocked we opened the door and nobody was there. Dana wasn't there, nobody. And so, and I looked at my other roommate, Jess, and I was like, did you hear that? She's like, I heard it. All of a sudden I'm like, fuck, like she's, 
she's fucking with us. You know, like she's here. And second night I, I was I was sleeping and I actually woke up and I remember not being able to move. I was able to move my eyes, but I wasn't able to move my body. And I looked over to my door and there was this girl and she was staring at me. And this was the first time I had actually seen her face. And she just kept saying my name. She just kept saying, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. And I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. And I remember being so scared. And it wasn't like a concerned, like, Jesse, wake up, Jesse, wake up. It was just like her just saying it, like just still face saying my name. Her face, it was very, it was just still. It was almost like she was blank. I just remember her eyes just being very vacant. Like it was almost like she was just staring through me. I remember it to this day because it was just so wild. It was so intense. And I had that happen twice while I was in that apartment. Shortly after that, um, I was 23. And I was going to aesthetic school at the time. And I was sitting in the area where we're just where we all just study. And I remember seeing this woman and she was just staring at me. And I remember looking at her and just being like, can I help you? You know, like what's going on? And finally, I kind of like shook my head and smiled at her, kind of like, I see you, you know, I see you staring at me. And she smiled back and she said, you know, I have a question. And I was like, yeah, what's going on? And she's like, do you believe in um, in mediums? And she's like, do you believe in like the supernatural? And I immediately, of course, was like, well, yeah, I definitely do. And she's like, I feel like I have a message for you. I feel like I need to tell you something. And immediately I was like totally intrigued. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what is it? So we had these different rooms that we would actually practice like facials in and stuff. And she took me into one of the rooms and she actually covered me with all these crystals to protect me, which I thought was a little strange, but I was like, fuck, whatever, that's fine. So <laughs> she started covering me with crystals. And I significantly remember the room really changing temperature, like chilling. And she started doing the reading on me and she said, there's somebody here. And they are trying to scare you. It's almost like she's trying to scare you. Like she's got like her hair over her face. Like she's she's deliberately angry with you. And she said that she is trying to scare you because she thinks that you hate her. And immediately I'm thinking, oh my God, it's this bitch. <laughs> like she's still around, you know? And um, she said, she goes, she thinks that you hate her but she's always been with you. She's never left your side. And she said she's basically living through you and she always has because she, you're living the life that was taken from her at such, a, such an early age. And at this point, she's stuck and she doesn't have anyone else to like really be around. And that hit home because I was like, holy shit, like, I guess it was kind of like my awakening moment where I really realized like what I've experienced was actually really happening because somebody else was validating it for me. She said her name is Christina. 
So that was huge. I finally had a name to put to this to this person, to this thing that was haunting me throughout my almost, you know, my whole teenage years and into my adulthood. But, you know, since then, I, I've come to honestly just be at peace with it. I don't really feel her anymore. I kind of joke around and just say that she's kind of gotten lazy and I need to apologize to her right now if she's listening because I just want her to stay that way. Um, but, that, you know, I, I, I will say now to this day, I'm like, it is what it is. You know, she if she's still around, that's great. If not, I'm even better because that means she moved on. I, I tend to turn it kind of into a joke where it just makes me feel a little bit better by just saying, you know, yeah, you know, that's, that's my girl. Like, she's been with me for so long. And um, that's really the relationship that I have with her now. I think back when I was in middle school and high school, my relationship with her was obviously not good. It was, I hated her, you know, like she had like she had kind of said when, you know, I had had that reading, like, yeah, you're right. I did hate you. And I, I do hate you still because you're, you're scaring me, you know. I've kind of felt a little better about it in a sense because it had, number one, been happening to me for so long. And I kind of started feeling bad for her. I started kind of gaining some empathy for her because, you know, if this was, if that was the case and, you know, she was living through me because she, her life was taken at such an early age, I I felt bad. I'm like, this poor girl, you know, like she, she's stuck, obviously, where she's at. She sees me living my life that she could have possibly had. And that makes me sad, you know? All right. Thank you so much to Jesse for telling that story. I love that story, always have and always will. I'm sure a lot of people have questions. I will say that I have received many updates from Jesse over time about Christina, her life now. I could tell you that she is now a mom herself. Um, this all happened to her when she was much younger, but. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think in the future you'll be hearing some updates from Jesse, and this is something that I've always wanted to know more about, so hopefully one day there will be a part two to this story. But we do not have the time for that today, so that brings us to the end of this episode of Otherworld. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 14. I'm your host, Jack Wagner, and you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Coberman. The soundtrack of this episode is by La 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 and North Americans. Editing and engineering by Theo Schaefer. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. This is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at OtherworldPod on Instagram and Twitter. Also... If you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us the story at storiesatotherworldpod.com, especially if you're from Chicago. Thanks for listening.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.